The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. It is not good for man to be alone. Let us make a suitable partner for him. Do whatever makes you happy. Do what you want to do. You do you. These are some of the common refrains or themes of our time, our culture. And I don't know about you, but this is the air that I've breathed for almost my whole life. And so my criteria for making just about any decision when left to my own devices is, is this going to make me happy? Is this good for me? Perhaps you're like me, and when you hear that line from Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone, let us make a suitable partner for him, we think, oh, poor Adam. He was all by himself, and he was so lonely. So God needed to give someone so that he wouldn't be lonely anymore. He only had God to keep him company. How sad. In reality... God needed to create a suitable partner for Adam, not so that he wouldn't be lonely anymore, though that would be a side result, but so that he could have someone to give himself totally to. It's not that 
he's going to receive a bunch out of this, though he does receive a great gift of another person, of woman. He has someone to pour his life out for, to sacrifice for. It's so beautiful that in the original plan, the nakedness of man and woman was an invitation for the other to give of themselves totally for the sake of that person. When I behold the nakedness of the other person, I want to lay down my life. I want to give myself to that person. However, everything was flipped upside down as soon as they committed the original sin, when they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it says this in Scripture, and they realized that they were naked. And so they made clothing for themselves. What does that mean? It means that when they saw each other's nakedness, it was no longer, I desire to give myself to this person, but I am tempted to use this person for my own benefit. It's all about me. I start making decisions based on my own welfare before the person that I'm supposed to love before anyone else. And when it comes down to it, that is the origin of all of the problems that we have in marriage and in sexuality, all of the primary sins. Jesus says some hard words in today's gospel. And if it wasn't him saying them, I would feel pretty uncomfortable saying them in our culture that has so much divorce and that has experienced so much brokenness in the family. He says strong words, but I think underneath all of this is the same thing. And so whether the problem is adultery, fornication, which is having sexual relations with someone that we're not married to, pornography, self-pleasure, contraception, or abortion, so many times it all comes back down to this. We're using the criteria of what is going to make me happy? What is best for me as opposed to the other person? So, don't allow me to make you think that this is just a marriage problem because priests are tempted in exactly the same way. It's this mentality of, it's not so much about what I can do for them, but what I can get out of it that leads to a crisis like we had in 2002, or at least the revealing of a crisis that had existed in the church for multiple decades, and the re-unveiling of those same problems a few years ago, the priest abuse crisis, a priest who no longer thinks, how can I serve, but how can I take for myself? And I think if we're honest, we all have this temptation. What's in it for me? What can I get out of this? And as in the priest abuse crisis, so with all of these other sins, who are the first and the primary victims of our sins? Jesus tells us right after this teaching on adultery, on divorce, He says, let the children come to me. I don't think that's by accident. 
because it is our sinfulness, especially when it comes to marriage and sexuality, that ultimately has the greatest consequences for our children. Either they're not conceived in the first place, or they are not allowed to come to full term and to be born, or they are introduced into a family that is broken because of these sins that we have committed as the adults, as the guardians, as the parents. It's the children who suffer the most. So my invitation for all of us today and for this week, as we are about to make a decision, whether it's a big one or a small one, is to ask the question, and especially to ask the question to God more so than to ourselves. Why am I about to do this? Why am I doing this? And this will be a very helpful word to add on to the end of that. Why am I doing this really? Why am I doing this really? Very often, if you're anything like me, you'll realize, especially when you add that word really at the end, we will recognize I'm making decisions based on what I think is going to be good for me. Jesus gives us a whole different kind of standard. His slogan is not you do you. The slogan, the theme, the image of the Christian is Jesus and Him crucified, hanging on a cross. And that's why so many of us wear a crucifix around our neck. Because this is the sign of what it means to be Christian. Jesus didn't need to become a man and die on a cross. He was completely and totally happy in the bosom of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the eternal exchange of love between them. But He chose to make that sacrifice, not for His own sake, but for ours. Because He knew we needed someone to show us the way, and He Himself became the way by dying on a cross. Not because it was going to be great for Him, but because we needed an example of what it means to say, not my will, but thine be done. This is for you and not for me. This is a very intimidating prospect because Jesus, I recognize I want to choose myself before I want to choose you or anyone else. In my low moments, when I'm tired or hungry or going through whatever kind of difficult situation, I tend to turn in on myself and think about myself first. Jesus, I need you to help me overcome my selfishness, to overcome my me mentality. Jesus, as you pour yourself out for us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in this Eucharist, as you make a complete and total gift of yourself, help us to make a total gift of ourselves to you, to our spouses, to our children, to those that have been entrusted to our care. Drive out from us, Jesus, any spirit of selfishness and give us a heart for self-sacrificial love. Amen.